Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you stories and things about real estate, all home-related matters. Whether you're in the market or if you're looking for ideas, decorating, improvement ideas for your home, whatever, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. And Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Uh, I love being your host here every week. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. Helped a lot of people in our fair city, and I'd be I'd be happy to help you as well. If you need some help in the real estate um, realm, just give me a call. I'd be happy to chat with you. You can find me and the rest of our whole Home Show team members on the cfax1070.com website. Look under shows. There you'll find the whole Home Show all of our contact information is there. Uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. By the way, too, if you are a podcast listener, we do podcast our episodes on iTunes and Google Play. You'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. And during self-isolation and, um, and sheltering in place, we have been recording our episodes and videos. So if you want to see our guests, you can visit the, our Facebook page, the Prime Real Estate Team Facebook page, or our YouTube channel, and um, you can watch these weekly episodes. The world of real estate has been affected like everything else by the coronavirus. Of course, we're highly sensitive to the goings on locally here in greater Victoria. After all, we are helping people every day in the region, but what's happening elsewhere, particularly with our friends south of the border. This week, we're talking with Reba Haas at Remax in Seattle, Dan Gonan with Remax in Scottsdale and Phoenix, and also Josh May at Remax in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You'll get a good sense of what's going on. Uh, you'll be surprised to learn what you can buy for 250000 U.S. in Michigan. It is just amazing. We always start with a listener question. And if you've got a question or story, share it with us. Give us a call, 250-414-6540. Leave a message or find us on the CFAX website, and we'll discuss it on the air. But today, uh, we're going to bypass this. We have some updates to give you. We have... Uh, on the line right now with us, show partner, Denise Webster, our intrepid mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, hey, Denise. Hey, Tony. Good to be back. I, I You just came from me, a meeting online, I think, and uh, there's stuff to report about CMHC. What's going on? Uh, well, lots going on, and there's been a lot of buzz, and I think it's good to get some clarity out there. Um, and I always underline this, that there's still always room for more changes. But it was last Thursday, June 4th, was the first announcement that CMHC standalone um, made their own announcement, which usually comes from the Department of Finance. But this one came just from CMHC, where they were uh, tightening up the mortgage qualifying rules and some other new rules as well. So I'll just outline those three rules implemented by CMHC last Thursday. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, and, and of course, these are insured mortgages. So mortgages where people have less than 20% down, right? Thank you for clarifying. That's yeah. really, really important. And okay. the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation, CMHC, yeah. uh, stated these rules for the insured mortgages. Okay. So um, debt servicing qualifying, that's where we are actually really just doing the math of your income, debt servicing, the mortgage payments and the property taxes and heat. 
So we had a, a ceiling of 39% of your gross income would go towards that qualification under that stress test mortgage payment. And they have lowered that qualification to 35%. Okay. They also lowered the total debt servicing ratio, which was at 44 down to 42%. And that's when we look at qualifying for the mortgage plus any other debts that you're carrying your car loans, credit cards, lines of credit. So that decrease in the qualification debt servicing ratios um, has an impact of about another 10% of your purchase power being taken away. Okay. So if we looked back to 2018, when that stress test mortgage payment came in, we saw about a 20% de decrease in your purchase power. So, and we talked about that before. So in other words, if you could have afforded a 700,000 before the changes, all of a sudden, even with the same income and all that stuff, it's just the way the math is calculated from 700, it went to 580 or something, right? Correct. Okay. So that was the stress test qualifying at an actual posted higher mortgage rate than your real contract rate. So now this due debt servicing ratio deduction in the, in the qualifying ratio is about another further 10%. So here's a great example. Um, so if you had a combined income of 120,000 in your family, you are currently qualifying for an insured mortgage of about 565,000. Okay. This new debt service ratio down to 35% would qualify you for an insured mortgage of about 502,000. I'm sorry. So from 560 to 502? 565 down to 502. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Their other new rule, there's three. The second new rule was that they've changed the credit qualifying um, credit score. So we currently said all insured mortgages have to have a minimum, one applicant has to have a minimum credit score of 680. They have looked, uh, sorry, 600, 600, yeah. 600. They have increased that score to 680. That's a really big increase. So a 600 score was a mediocre score. You could have a few blemishes on there, maybe with some explanations, um, but a 600. Like, like late cell phone payment or whatever. Yeah, we're yeah. not talking bankruptcies or consumer okay. proposals. We're talking some, some blemishes. Okay. So that was a 600 score would get you an insured mortgage. 680 now is pretty impeccable credit. You okay. really don't want to have any kind of blemishes or that it, that score is going to be under 680. What's, so what's the top? Is it like 800 or something? 900. 900. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. So I've always said, if you've got a score of 680 and above, that's really, really good credit. Okay. So we are now asking borrowers with insured mortgages to have really good credit. Oh. The third rule they introduced was um, they've totally eliminated the possibility of any type of borrowed source for the down payment. Now, typically this was already in place. There were only a handful of lenders that would allow this um, insured mortgage rule where you could actually um, borrow from your line of credit or your credit card for a portion of the down payment, as long as you could debt service that new payment into your mortgage. Yeah, so that 42% would still need to, yeah. Correct. Go, okay. So that, that was very rare. It really was borrowing for your down payment has always been very, very frowned upon, but there was a few lenders that had what's called a flex down mortgage where you could do this. That is no longer gone with CMHC. There is no- Okay, so so one of the big confusions about this is I've had people say, what does this mean? I can't, I can't, uh, get my parents to help me with a down payment anymore right the next point on that is to definitely emphasize so those are borrowed down payments from your line of credit your credit card those are traditionally you have incurred more debt to do yeah. that so no a a traditional gift from your family is a non-repayable 
um, gift. Like an actual it's gift. Not, it's an actual gift. It's not yes. putting another debt into your mortgage application. Yeah. And let's also remind you that the uh, home buyers program for borrowing from your RRSPs is not considered a debt either. So that is still available, your RRSPs. Um, and you can still also borrow from if you had a secondary property that had a secured line of credit on it, you could borrow from the secured line of credit. And if your parents were gifting you, they could pull it from their secured line of credit. These have not been eliminated. So really, all of these measures here, what it really is, it's uh, assurances for the bank and CMHC. They, they're taking less risk now, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I heard a really interesting statement, um, and I'm sorry I can't quote it. Um, but uh, it said uh, all these new mortgage rules and uh, the stress test, everything that's come, everything that's come about in change since 2018 failed to increase supply. <laughs> so what else can you do? You have to limit the demand. So is this new rule another limiting of the demand? Our borrowers, we are limiting borrowers under yeah. these new rules. Well, but but here's the issue that we're going to see because we already saw it with the stress test change and everything. What it did is it caused people to migrate into a lower price point and yeah. it made the lower price point busier. And we get the multiple offers and the lower price points. Um, honestly, I don't think it's helping people. It's not making things more affordable. Right? No, no, not at all. That's not going to change affordability. No. Okay. So that was Thursday. Yep. Uh, yesterday um, was the big announcement that the other two mortgage insurers, so Genworth. privately owned Genworth yep. and Canada Guarantee are not taking on these new rules. They are not following suit. Interesting. So this is really good news. So we have three mortgage insurers to put your high ratio mortgages into that you're less than 20% down payment. So Canada Guarantee and Genworth will not follow as of now. I mean, never say never. Um, we could see them maybe adopt the credit um, policy and, and increase the credit. Um, but everything that we're reading right now and the announcements that have been made is they will not follow these changes. So as a broker, we still have these options to actually send to the lender and request that the lender goes through Genworth or CMHC if we need those higher ratios or the lower credits. Um Amazing. Well, Denise, always fantastic having you here, giving us breaking news. If people need to reach you, the number is? Please call me at 250-889-4743 or send me an email, denise at denisewebster.com. Thank you, Denise. Well, listen, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be visiting our friends south of the border. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're taking you guys on a tour today to visit some of our colleagues south of the 49th Parallel, our friends in the United States. And with me right now from Grand Rapids, Michigan, is Josh May. Josh, thanks for joining us. Tony, thank you for having me. It's great to see you again, hear you again. I'm excited to be here and listen to everybody. Chat about uh, real estate around the country, North America, but we're going to start here in West Michigan. So what, what do you got for me? Well, okay, first of all, we know each other because we go to conferences together. We get a chance to bump into each other physically during the normal times, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a great way. We've been meeting each other online recently, too, uh, doing group uh, you know, training sessions and all that kind of stuff. So this is a great thing about technology, right? I love it. It's been, it's been very good to connect with everybody. Obviously, I love seeing you guys in person, but over the past couple of months, we've got a chance to 
connect online through many meetings and learn and grow and talk about what's going on across the, the globe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, because, because you know what? As it turns out, as much as the, uh, the, the planet is a huge place, like when we get together like this, it's all of a sudden not that big. It's a pretty small place. I mean, we pick up the phone, we talk to each other, get ideas, all that kind of stuff, right? It's really amazing. I've got, I've gotten, you know, I've been, I've been selling real estate for 20 years that for half of my life and just the strong connections that I've been able to have with you and other people from across North America, we go to these conferences, we have these meetings and it's like, we, we see each other every day. It's oh, great. for sure. For sure. Well, Hey, tell us what's going on. So let's talk numbers in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, average sale price. So our average sale price here in West Michigan, Kent County specifically, Grand Rapids specifically is 245 thousand. So we are a heavy transactional market. I always enjoy listening to people from around the country because I know you guys are what up over a million, maybe close uh, to yeah, somewhere around there. So heavy uh, transactional market, we need to do uh, quite a bit, of, quite a bit of business here in West Michigan to, to, to this make for this to make sense for us. Yeah, well, actually, give us an example, because you have a team. So so how many transactions uh, would you guys do in a year? Yeah, so we're a team of six. There's five licensed agents. We've got two administrative assistants. Um, you know, but we track anywhere around 150 transactions a year. So we're pretty much trying to we're trying to hammer through. I don't want to say hammer through. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, listen for for our listeners. That's a lot of transactions because locally here in Victoria, the average per agent is about 5.6 per year. Right. Yeah. So you, so you guys are doing some numbers and like you said, you got it because 250,000 is your average sale price to our 900,000. Right. Yeah. Um, what does $250,000 get you in Grand Rapids, Michigan? Uh, you know, so $250,000 will get you a, a great property in a great location. I'd say just so your listeners understand, I mean, we're talking single family residents here. We can get some condos for that price point in the downtown district, although smaller, you know, you'd be downtown Grand Rapids, which is a metropolitan area. Uh, of about a, a million greater Grand Rapids, uh, small condo, you'd be looking at uh, about a thousand square feet for 250,000. For a single family residence, you can get upwards of 2,000 square feet, total finish, three to four bedrooms in a great location. I always tell people the great thing about West Michigan, just to give you guys some perspective, if we take the number one school district in West Michigan, and you, you, you can find a 4,000 square foot house on a one acre piece of land in the best school district. And we're really around 400 to $450,000. Wow. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So, so here's a question for you. And I'll ask the other two uh, as well too. So, you know, you're talking about a condo, you're talking about a condo um, in, uh, in your market area, say 250,000. What kind of rent do you get for that? Uh, so $250,000 condo, you know, we're looking at probably right around that 16 to $1,800 a month for the rental value there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. So basically what you're doing is you are, you're paying $250,000, you're getting $1,800 a month rent. So to give you an example, um, of, uh, what we have here. So if you're buying a two bedroom condo at around 600,000, you're getting about $2,000 a month rent. Wow. Yeah. So from an investment standpoint, that's pretty, that's pretty significant. eh? You know, we have a lot of people from across the country calling us all the time because um, you know, our cap rates here are just different and they've, they've gone down um, 
you know, over the past couple of years, but even up, upwards of two or three years ago, it would be very common for us to get a 12, 13, 14% return. Wow. That, number, that number is now down to the average, I would say is around seven or 8%. Okay. So, so for, for our listeners, we, we, we have a look at the acquisition costs relative to what the revenue on it is, um, you know, cap rate or other things. So you're saying seven to 12% in Victoria here, a uh, four ish percent is, is normal in Vancouver. It's closer to 2%. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Just because of the cost wow. of the cost of the properties, right? You know, uh, the, the, the the beauty of this area is we've been on multiple Forbes lists and multiple lists that have been published uh, online that Grand Rapids is actually one of the most affordable places to live in the country. Cost of living is very low. Home prices are very low. Wages are good here. So that's, that's why I've always enjoyed how affordable it is mm -hmm. and what you get for your money here in West Michigan. Yeah, well, there's probably a quality of life there where you're not tied into a huge mortgage and maybe can enjoy other things, right? It feels pretty good, you know, and um, it, it just, it just, I'm happy about that. Our clients are happy about that. And we don't, you know, we went through, having done this for 20 years, we went through that uh, tough financial time in 2000, 2008, 2009. Uh, but people, I don't want to say we're more conservative. We just don't overextend ourselves in general in this area uh, and things being affordable. I think uh, it provides for a little bit of a lower stress level in our market. Um, we've got, we've just got that relaxed feel here. So I think it is directly correlated to finances and home values and quality of life and just you know, feeling good. Oh about man, what, what an excellent segue though, about, uh, about the markets in 2008 and stuff. Cause of course we're right in the middle right now of coronavirus. Yeah. So what are the numbers like in Grand Rapids, Michigan? So what's happening there because of COVID-19? Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, I just pulled the stats this morning so I could give your, uh, listeners some perspective. Now I want everybody to understand West, West Michigan is a very seasonal market. Okay. So we experienced pretty tough winters here in, in Michigan okay. and winter of 2019 was very, very extreme. And what I mean by that is when we're tracking our 2019 numbers, we got off to a very slow start in 2019 and it was very much weather related. Our, our market was almost three months delayed because it was blizzard and the schools were shut down for 15, 16 days to start the year. Uh, in 2020, we actually got off to a very hot start because the weather was so nice here. Okay. So where I'm, where I'm going with that is um, overall, year to date, as far as home sales go, we're actually only down 18%. Wow. And yeah. And there's the, the reason is, is, quite frankly, the story that I just told you, because we deal with the seasonality here, since we had such a rough start in 2019 and such a great start in 2020, those number that 18% is lower than your listeners might think. And I think it's just because we got off to such a hot start Strong compared start. to last year. Got it. So we're still playing catch up, but it's it's not as catastrophic here as as one might think. So how about how about prices though? Because I I believe you've got a shortage of in, of inventory right now too, right? Yeah. So yeah. what are prices doing? If we're looking at pricing, so uh, if we look at year to date, we're up 3.4% yeah. as far as an appreciation goes. And, you know, I think that the, the, true, the true story is going to be how we analyze the next 30 to 60 days here. I mean, in Michigan, we just opened up on May 7th. 
And what happened is we had about a, the, the general public had about a week delay because everybody was in their homes. They didn't really know what we should do. Should we be out looking at homes? Now the general public is out and about and wanting to make moves and we're seeing quite a frenzy right here. So yeah, you, you know, told us last week about a bidding war situation. How many, one of your team members uh, encountered one, how many offers? Yeah, so we had 33 offers on this property. Now, wow. yeah, what's really interesting about this, we, we put it on the market, it was on the market for four days and uh, we had 70 showings. We can't have over, overlapping showings. So it was kind of a, I don't wanna say, it was a little bit of a logistical issue, right? You've got yeah. 70 people trying to get through a home. We ended up with 33 offers. And the interesting thing about this, the property was actually priced correctly because we only ended up $20,000 over list price. So you had 33 buyers that you know saw something they needed to be in that area. It was affordable for them. And we're, we're seeing that on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm coaching my team up how to handle these situations because, you know, Tony, it's easy when you're on the selling side, right? Yeah. Well, you're buying is tough. What, what happens if you're on the buying side and you're working with a buyer and you're up against 25 other agents? You got a 25 to one shot to get this thing. So we got to be real creative right now and be all in on. Well, it, and it means that there's 30 other unsuccessful people who are still out there. Yeah. Right. So, uh, hey, listen, Josh, we got to take a, a quick break here. I know you're sticking around because we're good. We might call you in a little later. If people are interested in Grand Rapids, Michigan, it's marketgrandrapids.com. I'll put your link in the information here. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, we will be right back after this little break. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellez, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Of course, you can find our contact information by going to cfax1070.com, uh, look up shows, you'll find us, the whole Home Show, and all of our contact information is there. We'll also have, by the way, the contact information of the guests that you're hearing from today, uh, all of my colleagues from uh, down south talking about what's happening in American marketplaces. Right now we have with us good friend of mine. He's a returning guest. He's been here before servicing uh, Scottsdale and Phoenix, Arizona is Dan Gonan. Dan at Remax Excalibur. Dan, how are you? Good, good. Tony, thank you for having me again on your show. I'm so, so excited to be here. Really appreciate yeah. it. We need to do a virtual hug, you know. How do you do it? As things yeah. we got to do now. And of course, you know, oh. I've gone to visit you. You've taken me up uh, Camelback Mountain. Mm -hmm. It was one of the hardest yeah. hikes in heat I've ever done. <laughs> right. Love it. Love it. And I, and I love the food in your marketplace. My goodness, there's some great eating spots. We're like a big restaurant hub here. It's like you can go to all kind of amazing restaurants and, and all like want to have a place here. So yeah. beautiful. Well, and listen, and I, I, I know was a fact that there's going to be some listeners. There are some Victorians who hold property in Phoenix, Scottsdale. The people remember there was a time Canadians were your number one buyers still are, or, or how is that going right now? Well, obviously the borders are closed. So that's the big challenge right now. Yep. Um, I, I, 
I can sympathize with some Canadians that own property here. That might be a concern okay, as far as maintenance, as far as the accessibility, as far as the market conditions. You know, I went on the computer last night and, and you know, we have access to, uh, um, to uh, public record. Not, uh, I think in Canada, it's not very common. Yeah. So I looked at, there's uh, 7,000 uh, properties in Arizona with a British Columbia mailing address. Wow. So 7,000, but we're a big metropolitan area. You know, we're about 120 miles by 130 miles and about 4 million people live here. Yeah. So it's, it's a huge area and there's a big variety of type of properties and different lifestyles and, and also a lot of it driven by different employers and different, uh, and, you know, like if you want to live by the golf course or you want to live by the mall or you want to live in the mountains. So there's yeah. something for everybody. Except okay, well... So here we are. We're pre-recording today. It is uh, June the uh, June the ninth. Uh, what's the temperature over there right now? Oh, super hot! I was actually when you called me, I was outside. I, I saw. Impress yeah. the listeners with a beautiful view of this house. It's it's yeah. right in Gady Ranch. It's beautiful on the on the yeah. golf course. It's it, it's actually pretty mild today, considering the temperature right now is twenty eight degrees. Which oh, is beautiful. That's Celsius. It's beautiful. We love it. Yeah. And a lot of people, you'll see a lot of people at the parks. People are hiking. Just gorgeous. Outside. Well, listen, you know what? That you, you are one of these guys. You translate in Celsius and kilograms and Canadian dollars because you're like the honorary Canadian because you're the guy that comes to Canadian conferences all the time. Everyone knows yeah. Dan Gonan, the, the, our, our friend from the States. So you, you're very much a, uh, you're, you're one of our uh, honorable Canadians. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I love meeting international people. Being from Israel myself, I moved to the States in uh, 91. So for me, traveling to, to Canada, it's kind of, you open your eyes, you meet professionals such as yourself and, and everybody else. It, it's just fantastic. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, something you, you learn all the time from you guys. So For sure. I really appreciate that. Okay, so we were talking to Josh a second ago about what's happening in the market of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, relating to COVID-19. So what's happened in uh, Phoenix and Scottsdale? Well, the market is, is absolutely crazy. It's just the numbers coming out every day. It's probably like everywhere else. It seems like you're in the stock market, but it's real estate market. It's supposed to be a real mellow, long-term type ride. And now it's like every day is something, you know, so... I pull out the, the, the numbers just to kind of share with the, your listeners so that they're curious what's going on. The main thing, I think, across the board, the, the amount of active listings is way down. It's about 30% down. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's only 15, it's 15% down just from last month. You know, so you, from last year, 29%. For last month, it's 15%, okay? But, but it's very interesting because you see homes that are under contract are up from last year about 4.5%, but just from last month, 31%. That's homes that's under contract. So, 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 so your, your marketplace is, has, has not really felt the effect of the coronavirus. Well, overall, the sales are down 31%. Okay. You know, but, yeah. but picking up right but now. That, Right. But, but if you get a listing right now, because there's not that much inventory right now, so the chance it will sell is pretty quick. Now, in the lower end, like under 500000 there's a good chance you'll get multiple offers. Okay. Wow. 
uh, I think the, the real opportunities now is more in the high-end properties, like the properties that sit on the market. And, and many times, I'll tell you, it's a very affluent area here, just like uh, Victoria. And you'll see people that say, okay, I'll wait until this whole thing is over. Then I'll put my house on the market. So you see a lot of homes that were on the market. They took it off for the time being until unknown time. And then they'll put it back on the market. But, but if somebody needs to buy right now, I think the, the sellers that are on the market is the one that really want to sell. So, so you see properties that price right, sellers are more motivated to get things done. People are a lot more careful now, you know, with masks and gloves and mm-hmm. uh, things like this. But, but uh, so they're more aware of like occupied homes versus vacant homes. Yeah, so, for sure. So it's, it's a different dynamic. I wow. It's, it's so, the same in your market. And so the other thing is, it goes without saying, like you're not having international buyers right now. Um, these are probably all locals that are buying within, within the marketplace, right? Locals are within driving range. I had a guy from California the other day. He bought a property for here for remodeling, uh, so they drove. But but uh, across across the board, obviously Canadians don't come here, and other internationals don't uh, come right now. So we gear more to uh, the local ones. Interesting. Okay, so the the average house price in uh, Phoenix or Scottsdale right now is how much? Just because it's such a wide area, so so the the price right now is it's around three hundred thousand. But it's uh, you know in my market in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Paradise Valley, the price is, is a lot higher. And yeah. the areas that, uh, for example, I looked at the price per square foot. The price per square foot are, is up four and a half percent, but down two point eight percent just from last month. Okay. So. So, so things are very dynamic every time, every day there's something, uh, some news yeah, about and, and, and the, the other thing too is you guys have an amazing luxury home market because the top end of your marketplace is huge, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We have such a nice variety, especially in the, the, the top of areas like in North Scottsdale and areas of Paradise Valley. We have beautiful homes. We have a, a lot of new, like mega projects, like massive projects, like uh, the Ritz Carlton is building a whole development here surrounded the, the new Ritz Carlton resort. So that includes uh, all kind of uh, level property from condos to, to like a beautiful patio home with so much amenities and and services and and that's going to be really top notch and world class. So like for instance what's what's the top end of the house market there? How many millions are we looking at? Well, you, there are some homes in a, you know eight, eight and eight digits, you know, so that's pretty <laughs> high end for uh, Arizona like but it, they don't sell as rapidly as uh, you'll see like in Vancouver obviously. Well, eight digits is still it's a big number anywhere, right? Um yeah. Yeah. yeah, goodness gracious. Okay, uh, Dan. Of course, you are you're the man in Phoenix, Arizona. And if people need to um, visit you, it's uh, azluxury.com, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, or what you say, azluxury.com. Azluxury or azluxury gets you to the same place. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, thanks for joining us, my friend. Um, looking forward to seeing you face to face at our next conference. Um, but stick around. Uh, we're going to be uh, joining Reba in Seattle in just a moment. And to our listeners, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. 
Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're visiting our friends south of the border in the States, talking about the marketplaces in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, and now closer to home in the Seattle area, uh, my friend and fellow host of a local radio program, uh, Reba Haas uh, from Team Reba. Reba, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Tony. It's great to see you again. Well, and you know, it was my uh, honor to be your guest uh, in your studio at your radio program. The last time I was in Seattle was a while ago now. It was last year at some point. Yes, it was. I I meant to go back and find that recording, but I'm actually going to share that out on social media again after this and just be like, oh, here's a reminder. And now I'll be on this one. The two conversations. And you know, the funny thing is, yeah, we go way back because we were talking about radio programs at a conference. I can't remember which one we were at. And luxury conference here in the Seattle area. Okay. I think. Okay. Remax luxury conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, I think you had already started because you've been running your program for quite a while. Coming up on five years in September. Yeah, and, and I'm just in the year four right now, so I'm behind you. Um, but uh, first of all, I, people should know if they want to uh, get your podcast, because you're podcasting, and it's Open House with Team Reba, right? Correct, yes. And you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, just like any of the ones that are out there. Uh, if you have an Alexa, you can ask her to pull up Open House with Team Reba, and yeah. there we are. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, you co-host with your mortgage broker uh, um, colleague, uh, Eric. It's lots of fun. That was a great great time. I had fun. I had fun being a guest. It's nice being a guest every once in a while. Yeah, it was wonderful having you. And I think um, what was really fun for us was to go through that juxtaposition of the Canadian versus American buying style, because, you know, we do have clients that come down from Canada. We have plenty of people from here who go up there and, you know, purchase second homes or vacation homes, things like that. And, it's important that they understand what the differences are going to be because they can be substantial. And uh, yeah, from the mortgage side, it's very different. So um, many changes. There are so yeah. many differences. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But, but you're, of course you're our neighbor. You're so close. You're just as close as Vancouver is to, mm-hmm. uh, to us here on the Island. Um, yeah. You know, many of the I listeners today is uh, San Juan Island. So San Juan Island, directly across from you. All right. All right. Um, many of our listeners know I consider Seattle my second home. I love Seattle. I love going there. A little hard right now with the border closed down, but you know that'll change at some point, right? Yep. Uh, um, what's going on in the Seattle marketplace? Uh, it typically a thriving little market. What's going on? Uh, well, it continues to thrive. Okay. We've had the same kind of market conditions happening um, for the last couple of years, and coronavirus has, while it slowed us down for about a month it really didn't have a, a major dent. I've had a number of conversations, I'm constant conversations with past clients and people who are just curious about the market and who are in it right now about like, well, maybe I'll wait. I'm gonna, I think the prices are gonna drop. That actually hasn't happened. Eric and I just shared on our show a couple of weeks ago that um, some mortgage market news down here in our area actually said that during coronavirus, we had um, a 10% price increase overall in our market area and so you can tell it's not uh it's not impacting uh too negatively we did have a week of shutdown uh where we couldn't do anything and we had about seventeen thousand active transactions underway at that time but it meant there was a, a whole week of nothing else going into pending status at all or new listings coming on and we're just seeing that kind of run through right now in terms of you know what its overall impact is but 
honestly, we, um, you had one of the other guests talking about multiple offers. We still have about 20% of the houses here selling with multiple offers and above asking price. We just got done selling a property up in Bothell in Snohomish County that we did get multiple offers ahead of our review date even. They'd already done pre-inspections. They offered above asking price, didn't even put an escalator clause in it, just went highest and best above. And, uh, you know, so it's been really tremendous. And we've seen that in our, you know, our kind of a big three market area is King, Pierce, and Snohomish, along with Kitsap close behind, because it's been a very fast growing market. Thurston County, which is where Olympia sits, yep. uh, is also quite busy still right now. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So some of the stats I was going to share with you, if you're curious, um, you know, we just got the main numbers out for, now these are by county area. So again, I said King, Snohomish, and Pierce. So King County, which is where, you know, most people know us, Seattle, Bellevue, you know, all of those areas. Those are our main employment centers. Um, the median price in May was at 627000 Now that is slightly down from May of last year. Mm -hmm. um, now that's, that's for the county. Now, if I do a breakdown by city area, it's very, very different because Seattle itself is in the eight to 900 range, yep. depending on which market area, even within the city you're in, right? Because yep. the North end tends to, you know, central and North end has a higher price point than the South end has. So just like any other marketplace, you go a couple blocks and, the, and it changes quite a bit. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're still seeing upward trends, generally speaking, because Snohomish County is up 3.57% on their median prices. So 493 is where they ended up in May. And in Pierce County, they're up to 391. That's that's actually big for Pierce County for them to get close to 400 right now. Um, so they were up 7.16%. And here's the thing with the months of inventory. And one of the reasons that Pierce County is, is getting that upward pressure. When we look at months of inventory. Yeah, so that basically that's how many listings relative to how many sales are happening. Yes. Correct. Yeah. If you stopped at this point in time and just sold everything that was on the market, how long would it take to do it, right? Based yep, on... Yeah velocity. Well, King County is at 1.74 months. Wow. Uh, Nohomish is at 1.35. And Pierce County actually just went down from last month's of 1.33 to 1.21. So these are really tremendous numbers for us um, because they're showing that there is still a lot of strength in the marketplace. What we're thinking is uh, there may be some adjustments because the work from home op options that are out there right now, we might start seeing a major exodus from King County. Because oh. if you look at census data for us, yeah. the last couple of years, King County residents have been leaving King County, like if they've been here a long time. And I've had a lot of my clients do this where they've gone to Bellingham, Camino Island, Vashon, Kitsap yeah. County, you know, to number of different towns there. And so what's happening is a lot of longtime people here are taking their equity, but they love our quality of life. Like what we talked about when you were on our show. Yeah. And so they say, so they just go to outlying areas, but we still have a net positive coming in from outside the state to our area. Oh, so, so it's kind of filling that vacuum. Yeah, they continue to grow. So it's a net positive effect, yeah. but the people who are here are choosing to, you know, kind of fill up other market areas. So we're starting to talk to really our client base here that, Hey, if you're considering doing that, talk to us because generally speaking, 
if I look at what is going on from May on the closed sales and the months of inventory for the entire MLS area was 1.74. So just because you're going to another market area doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get yourself, you know, a slower market where you can get a lot more. Yeah. No. That's that's remarkable, and 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 actually, you have reminded me. We did talk about that when when I was on the program about people moving out mm-hmm. of the hustle and bustle of Seattle into the outlining yeah. areas. And I have mm-hmm. to tell you, this is something that we're encountering right now because little Victoria on Vancouver Island, we've had a lot more interest recently from the Lower Mainland, so Vancouverites and Torontonians got some right. from Ottawa. They've okay. they've decided to come to the Promised Land and come to you know where the weather is great. And, you know, although they talk about the rain in, you know, our region, at least we don't, at least we don't need to shovel it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we're, we're anticipating that just because the quality of life that is here and how beautiful it is, we'll continue to have people who are drawn here, you know, whether companies, because I'm talking to a lot of, um, you know, leaders of big firms and, Yes, they expect, you know, their hiring practices are going to change. Now, we may see more people hired in by some of the tech companies that are already located here, allowing folks to not necessarily have to move here. But I think for anyone who is here, they're probably going to stay unless maybe the rain did eventually get to them. (laughs) You know, people come here and they don't like the rain. They're usually gone within two years. Got it. But right now we're still seeing a ton of positive. We're just really watching what's going on with our local markets because we do know with the cruise industry, which was really big um, going to Seattle, obviously we can't take any large cruise ships through Canada and the Canadian waters right now. Um, So we know Alaska is being hit particularly hard with that as well for the vendors that support that industry. Um, Obviously we have Delta and, um, Alaska. Well, so it's it, just a whole because one of the things about the Alaskan cruises, they need to make an international stop between yes. the states and Alaska and Canada's that stop. So yeah. if they shut that off and it's, yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of discussion and, and people looking really closely at what's happening with the cruise industry. They, there's some guesstimates that it's probably going to be at least a good nine months yeah. before they're even back to any kind of level of capacity, but it's also going to be very difficult because you can't necessarily do major social distancing and some of the other things that are necessary right now um, in those spaces. So it, it, it'll be, you know. So the, the bottom line is that. It impacts downtown businesses yeah. who are supporters of the people who come through. Cause that's, that's a huge international business for us. That's, you know, for our part of Seattle, it's not just the ships coming in, but the planes coming in because that's always a bellwether of what is happening with our local economy. So we, we got, we got that too, because we, you know, we, we've got to deal with that whole tourism thing, but it's just interesting hearing that the market, cause you know, some people think, well, the tourism industry is dead, then your market's probably going to crater, but that's not the case, right? That's no. not what you're saying. No. And frankly, you know, we, we've said this on my show several times, that the people who have been impacted the most by the job losses, well, that's primarily in industries where most of those folks aren't the ones buying houses. Because we have a strong tech center, right? And those incomes have not been impacted to nearly the same degree, nor the jobs themselves, because those actually have picked up in many cases, like networking organizations, um, a lot of the tech support kinds of companies, they're all still around. Amazon, of course, has done really, really well. Costco, even though their um, vacation section um, has been hit hard as a company, they're 
you know, stores are doing great. So we are seeing some pretty interesting dynamics happening right now. So we're kind of watching the retail and um, uh, the hotels and, you know, all of the hospitality, but a lot of those are the folks that that's a lot of service industry jobs. So they're not necessarily the people making the kind of incomes that can afford our houses. Cause when I look at, you know, a house that is a median price point of 627,000, well, you're not buying that on a $40,000 a year service industry job. It's true. And the same thing, same thing is what we're, we're, we're seeing here. Well, listen, we're, we are pretty well run out of time, you know, um, had a great conversation. Well, listen, uh, guys, uh, again, thank you for joining us to our listeners. You can actually watch this video here. We're posting on our Facebook and our YouTube channels. Uh, Josh May, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Dan Gonan from Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, and also Reba Haas in Seattle. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, uh, we love hearing stories and to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.